friends and welcome back to a special sale on podcast this is Wyatt in Nashville Tennessee and unless you've been living under a rock for the last few months you know about this long anticipated and recently released fuel flows box set spanning the sunflower and surfs up sessions well today we're going to give you our thoughts and dig a little deeper beneath these waves If you haven't listened to it yet, I urge you to do so before you listen to this show. But I have a feeling that if you're here, you've already added that music to your day, week, month, and you're ready for more. So welcome in our panel of Beach Boys nerds from England, Freddie French Pounce, and Will Crera, and from California, John Brody. So since you're our guest, Fred, I'll start with you. You've been listening to the CD box set. What are your overall thoughts so far? So I guess the first thing that you kind of come to as you're listening through it, obviously there's the albums themselves on the first two discs, but I mean, I think anyone actually buying this set already has those. So it's one of those redundant things that kind of has to be included, I suppose, but either way, it's fine. But I guess the first, yeah, the first thing you come to is the live tracks on each of the first two discs. And there's definitely some highlights there. I mean, Surf's Up on disc two is a pretty cool um, live version and it's about time on disc one is also really cool to hear. Um, but it is a bit weird having the, the, say the first archival track, if you like, being from the 80s and the 90s, then the 70s, kind of working your way back into the period. It's an interesting choice and especially with some of the tracks, I mean, the life back home, I'm, I'll let Will and John get more into that as we go along but is an odd choice for a number of reasons. Um, and that, and certainly probably could have been a better choice there and maybe just a better studio track put in its place. But they're nice to have and I understand why they're there. Um, but as far as yeah, the content goes, um, once you get to disc three and more of the sessions, which are mostly track and backing vocals mixes, have their benefits. Um, there's certainly positives and negatives to them. Sometimes they're a bit un- unnecessary, shall we say. But when they highlight unreleased parts previously or things buried in the mix, they're certainly very cool to hear. I mean, the long backing track for This Whole World is obviously a treat to hear because it's much longer than the original version. It's interesting to think what maybe it could have been. Um, obviously, it's perfect as it is. But um, some of the things that highlight that, yeah, another one that's really cool is controversial i suppose the horns in the tears in the morning backing track which i know some people have found a little bit um obtuse shall we say uh maybe due to the mixing maybe due to the mastering but they certainly are a bit of a shocker when it comes to listening on headphones but i have avoided it for that reason in that format um outside the archival tracks or the session tracks if you like um there is a lot to enjoy on the outtakes if you like most of which we have heard before but not in these mixes um obviously there's ones that hadn't been released officially before had been heard circulating 
in lesser quality elsewhere, such as Big Sur, which is nice to hear in better quality. But obviously, then there's some issues with the mixing and again, the mastering that make these maybe there's some issues with them but it is nice to have released versions of them especially on streaming services so you can use them as you see fit and there's some remixes here that are really good i mean i really enjoy the mixes of two can play and i just got my pay that are on here um i've been playing those two a lot um the Susie cincinnati remix is a little problematic probably in the mastering because it does sound very harsh in the sense that it kind of sounds a bit overblown um what i've heard of the vinyl version sounds better i guess due to the mastering used there um but i mean that's a whole nother kettle of fish and there's obviously different mixes being used in different places the acapella tracks as well are for the most part very enjoyable um there's some odd choices i mean the fragments i think sometimes are very enjoyable um but as they highlight certain bits, but some of them, especially when they're highlighted already on the track and backing to vocal mixes, do feel redundant and maybe are just being used just to fill out the CD time when maybe tracks could have been used without fade outs instead or maybe a bit more session chatter, which is a highlight of a lot of the track and backing vocals tracks which have session chat, which have session chat at the beginning, such as add some music to your day, which is nice to hear in that simpler alternate take right at the beginning as it's just a little bit of a fresh look, I suppose. Um, there's other highlights on there, of course, and I'm sure the, the guys will cover those after I finish. But for the most part, it's full of a lot of good things. Um, I'm happy to get into some of the other bits that maybe detract from it a little bit more as we go along when we come back round to that. Um, but obviously, I'd like to let the other guys have a little chat about what they feel first. Nice. Um, yeah, I... I pretty much agree with most of the things you said fred um the live tracks are really weird i i know they want to highlight the songwriting in this era and there aren't many sunflower and surfs up songs that they played live at the time so there are like 80s and 90s performances uh but it, it does sort of take me out just to hear like a completely different beach boys singing these songs yeah um i, I feel like it would have been better to highlight the band at the time rather than the songs from the time and have you know maybe include one full concert like the like the big sur folk festival performance because there's there aren't really any sunflower or surfs up songs there but i mean that's the band in 1970 so i feel like that would have been a a better thing to include um but i mean the outtakes are so great to hear any problems i have with the box are just like with how it's mixed or mastered or how s certain things are edited, but the, the actual music from this era is just insane. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Beach Boys were on fire. Brian was on fire. Dennis was on fire. Um, and that was my favorite part of the box is actually the Dennis stuff, because a lot of that was completely unheard, uh, new to me. Um, I think probably the highlight of the Dennis stuff was Behold the Night, because that's I, just something yeah. that... Yeah, that's, that's a song that... It's not on any bootlegs. No one had really heard it before this box set. And it's so good. I was just sitting there listening, thinking, how did they not put this on, you know, some box set that came before? Or how did the Beach Boys not include this on an album? How did Dennis just, like, not do anything with it? Um, and there's a lot of moments like that on here where it's like, this is so great. How did, could they just 
leave this sitting there. You know, I would kill to have a song like this. And there are just so many of them. Um, but there are a lot of strange edits on the box that do kind of bring the outtakes down for me. Um, one example I can think of is My Solution. There's like a bit at the end where they they mess up um, the vocals. So what they did to fix that was they pulled in like a word from before earlier in the song. Um, but that changed the lyrics to be my instant aid to my solution, which make no sense. So for me, it's like if you're going to make an edit like that and change the lyrics around before you release a Beach Boys song, you got to make sure it makes sense. And there, there's a few moments like that um, where I'm listening and I'm thinking, why why would they do that? But um, Yeah, I mean, that that's <laughs> my biggest thing is... For all I've, I mean, I, yeah, I kind of agree with the whole edit thing. It seems to be with the tracks that hadn't been out there in any form before. There's a sort of tendency to try and fix things that probably didn't need to be fixed, which whether would have been more restrained on the things that have already, you know, been on albums and stuff. So there are kind of like things done to make them seem maybe more complete or more polished, and I don't think they ever really kind of come off well. Um, I can't think of many examples of that off the top of my head where it's kind of done in a polished sort of way that doesn't take me out of it but yeah I mean whatever I can say about the whole thing I've it's pretty much been all I've been listening to for like two weeks so I can't really have that many complaints <laughs> I'm, I'm really enjoying it for the most part just because of how good the music is and how much there is of it and um, yeah with, with the live stuff as well um, I basically haven't listened to this thing in the sequence of the CDs since I first got it because I thought um, it's just it doesn't I don't get anything out of listening to the listening to it in that order and it feels kind of strange to me so I sort of shuffled it around into some sort of chronological ish thing for myself and took the live tracks out of them out separately um, and in that context with the live stuff I sort of hit like the things from the 80s and the 90s and I just lose all interest but those things from the early 70s like uh, live student demonstration time oddly um, and um, yeah. Long Promise Road and It's About Time are so good it's like I just wish there was a lot more of the band of that time because they really are that great but like Carl doing this whole world from 88 I guess is kind of cool even though I think he sings it horribly but <laughs> that's just me um, and like the things from the 90s as well it's like I don't really think they need to be here especially that take a lot off your feet that I'll <laughs> mad over for some reason I don't know why he fixated on that um, but yeah generally I think I'm really enjoying this thing even if I do have small problems with it but for the most part it's like sort of 70 out of 80 is just good things so yeah yeah um, another problem I have with the live stuff is some of it is fake and they'll use certain mm. parts from studio versions like on long promised road they've got some backing vocals that are just straight from the surf's up version yeah, of the song that's really um, distracting i really don't yeah Sur surf's up they use the bygones from the studio so there's like five different carls on stage and it's just not convincing when i hear it i'm yeah, just Disney like girls with I, the whistling that's oh, all that thing. one's just yeah. oh wow <laughs> <laughs> and um the live back home, I listened to that before the box came out, just on the bootleg that it's on. It's from like the Anaheim show, which was Brian's first time playing back with the group in forever. And Brian just sounds terrible. So I was thinking, how are they even going to release this on a box? And what they did was they just used uh, 
15 big ones studio lead vocal yeah not um, the one that's on so, the album but a different take that was on the multi yeah. track for that version so of the song. like so when i listen to these live versions i'm just thinking well if i want to hear part of the studio recording i'm just going to listen to the studio recording i don't get much out of half live half studio uh, beach boys on a sunflower box but i mean generally i feel like the live stuff just shouldn't be there at all i feel like the focus should be on the period 69 to 71 because um, the beach boys recorded so much music in that time yeah um, and even still there's some of it quite a few things that weren't on it um that were maybe not considered i don't know interesting enough or significant enough or finished enough but i think to a lot of people would be quite interesting like you know there are a couple of other dennis things and um some sort of fragmentary brian tracks and that sort of thing and some things Carl was working on a lot of sort of little things like not very fleshed out stuff like like good news from sunshine tomorrow that sort of thing there's like a bag of maybe 20 or 30 things in that vein from this era that on 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 the box set um and there would have been more space for like I don't know acapella things and backing tracks and session highlights um so yeah I'm I've got mixed feelings about the live things because I I enjoy the things from the early 70s but other than that I'm sort of like just why is it here <laughs> yeah i actually really like the 1988 this whole world but <laughs> you know, i'm a weirdo no, no. Um, it bothers me that carl it. sings lots of lovely people yeah i i i like that it's that whole <laughs> <laughs> fair enough it's that whole like late 80s carl really over singing it sort of thing like it sounds just like it does on problem child like it's the problem child voice singing <laughs> this whole world like i just can't yeah live with it. <laughs> i love it I'm, I'm I'm the demographic they were shooting for. for Fair enough, you know you know what? That, that's that why we, that's why it's good to have some some balance here. Yeah, I mean I don't need it on this box, but it's uh, I enjoy it. I I like it better than the fake live stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. So. yeah. I mean I'll take like real live performances any day over you know Studio Brian on on back yeah. home. Yeah, I mean to be honest, for me I'm I'm listening to the four LP version. Um, mostly, and I have listened to everything else, but um, really been listening to the to the vinyl because um, I think it it sounds a little warmer to my ears. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm just hearing it that way, but I, I, at least to me, like when I listen to the digital version, the problems with the with the remaster are more glaring and, and painful um yeah but. i i put on the the sunflower remaster in my car and it's uh one of those remasters where they have a lot of bass and also a lot of treble so there's like a lot of high-pitched yeah. um tape hiss and then mm. also just whenever any bass comes in uh my speakers just kind of explode so my car really <laughs> does not like the re the remaster yeah i put I mean, in the talk uh about, talk about that i put first, in the 2000 sunflower mm -hmm surfs up cd and it sounded way better so yeah. i don't think i'm going to be listening to the actual albums from feel flows yeah i mean should we just talk about the first because it's like the first things yeah. on the cds basically yeah, yeah in short for me sunflower is the worst the album was ever sounded by far and yeah. surfs up is pretty good so i don't you know how that happened or why but surfs up sounds pretty good to me to me like the 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 stereo mix of sunflower was already a little thin sounding and I think they tried to modernize it. Yeah, I by can understand boosting that. the 
boosting the friendlies, like the kind of the, the smile frequencies. To me, it just has the opposite effect where it's like, it just makes it so ridiculously bright that unless you have an EQ on your hi-fi or, you know, on your computer to, to adjust, it's just almost unlistenable. And especially yeah, like, it's for kind me, of I have really bright speakers anyway. So I'm just sitting here like I I can't <laughs> listen to the Sunflower remaster. It's just there's there's not enough good there to take away from the bad. Yeah. I'd rather just listen to any other version, to be yeah. honest. When yeah. that trailer came out with the clip from this whole world, I think everyone I spoke to was like, that can't be the real thing, can it? <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's like a mistake or a glitch or something in the video. And then it was actually what it sounds like on the on the thing. And it was yeah, I just I can't play any track from that thing for like more than 10 seconds without going, ow, <laughs> turn it off. Um, which is strange. a shame and really st- kind of strange because that slip on through like alternate mix from 69 sounds fine. Yeah. And some of the other sort of vintage mixes on there sound sort of like, and have kind of the opposite problem where they sound really muddy and they haven't really been yeah. cleaned up in the same way. Like the, the, the polar opposite sound. It's, it's strange because that loop. remaster of Sunflower just doesn't sound like anything mm-hmm. else on this box. Um, but Surf's Up sounds pretty consistent with the other things, and it, it's one of the best-sounding versions of Surf's Up I've heard because that's quite a strange-sounding album already and a hard one to sound normal. Um, but that one does sound pretty decent to me, apart from Take a Lot of Your Feet, which sounds just like Sunflower because it was a Sunflower song, and it's got the same problem of like really ear-piercing like high trebles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. one of those things that the... I mean, obviously, as I said, anyone that listening to it or buying it probably already has the albums so it's one of those things that i was always kind of like i'm not really worried either way i wasn't expecting an improvement personally anyway but the fact it is so kind of yeah ear piercing is kind of like why i just wanted a decent one on here at least um yeah all i wanted really was it to sound consistent with like the new mixes and the alternate mixes and things like if it just sounded like that it would be fine yeah yeah, just so it's something that you can actually, because the, the the joy, I guess, of having that these new tracks and the actual album on one thing is that you think, oh, the mastering will be consistent. So if I want to make an expanded version of the album, I can put all these versions together and it should flow together like one version of the album rather than I'm piecing together things in different releases. So the sound is going to be mixed around, which I often find things from, I exactly, guess, other exactly, things. Yeah um yeah yeah that that's the whole thing because it's finally sort of a presentation of all of that material in the same place and you think that would be a great opportunity to kind of get it all sounding the same and like consistent with each other and it still doesn't which is sort of disappointing which is where remixes of the albums would have could have come in if if they wanted to go that route but you know they didn't which is understandable i think you know preserving the original mix that they did in 1970 because it what it, it was a really sort of ahead of its time stereo mix um that's fine but just i wish it sounded like the rest of the stuff on there um at like the very least which and it's also sort of odd that apparently you know carl and the passions in holland are going to be remixed for the thing that comes out next year so it just makes you wonder like why why is why was that the decision and why did it sound like that and why did people say yes to it um oh well you know yeah one thing i noticed on my first listen was the sunflower remaster everything sounds so tinny that the drums just sound kind of fake. They just sound very thin. Mm. And 
a lot of the songs like slip on through and this whole world the hi-hat is just kind of piercing and the first thing that comes on with the with the cd box is you know right after the sunflower album is the little promo and the first thing i noticed was this whole world sounded much better on the little promo yeah 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 literally um somehow but you know what all the alternate mixes like the new things i think sound like sonically pretty like pretty good um for the most part Mm. um and that's i have i've ignored the remasters i haven't really listened to them at all so that's basically like a disc of space i'm not going to bother with um but the rest of the the new stuff on there i think sounds generally quite quite good um i'm saying generally because i don't mean all of it sounds good but it's like listenable and it's you know competently done and has a good sound to it so yeah yeah i think some of these some of these tracks like some of these bonus tracks um we've heard before in in inexplicable ways and they sounded better (laughs) before this release so they still were toying with these masters in a bad way in my opinion yeah yeah Um, i think when you sit with something for too long you get bored of the way it it sounds which is like normal and you start to mess with it and because this box was sitting there for two years waiting to be released i think they got a little too into that yeah Mm. yeah and and it's you know, and it's not something that I think everybody is going to have an issue with. And I know, I know plenty of people that I've talked to that are just thrilled with this and how it sounds and everything. So for me, and I don't mean this in a snobby way, like I can't listen to the, the Sunflower remaster because it just, no. it's just awful. So, I mean, I have a couple versions of Sunflower and it's just like, I'm just going to listen to those. They sound better. Of course. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate because I really wanted this to be the definitive version so I could just pop it on and listen to it and have the whole experience and all that. But it's never going to be perfect. I mean, even if that were the case, then it, you know, it still runs right into 1988 problem child Carl. So (laughs) there's no there's no way around this this not having some glaring issues for the purists out there. Um, but you know, yeah, yeah. I, I think the reason for it not having a way around just having some sort of problem is because it's a five disc box and it's covering three years worth of music. Um, some of which is vastly different. You know, San Miguel is sounds nothing like a day in the life of a tree, for example. Yeah. Uh, and what we've had before was the smile sessions was five discs and that was like, one year of music pet sounds box was four discs and that was just a couple months um so i feel like they were just this is pretty much a highlights box almost yeah because the beach boys studio um recordings can cover like four albums in this era maybe more i don't know um so some songs just get one mix um breakaway only gets like a couple seconds of new material and it's just some backing vocals. Yeah, which which called which is the strangest thing because for years, like the fade backing vocals have been bootlegged. There's this thing called Harmony Friends, like this big reverby loop of like the R's and the fade, and that mm-hmm. was a thing that's been really popular in, in the bootlegs. And when it's on the track list, uh, Breakaway 
tag backing vocals. I was like, oh, okay, it's obviously going to be that. But instead, it was the chorus, which is not the tag. That's not what that word means. Um, so that was just a really puzzling thing, considering like the entire backing vocals for that song, a mix of like the backing vocals for the whole song is bootlegged, pretty clean. Yeah. Um, and it sounds great. It's like, why would you release 20 seconds of some of that um, and nothing else for the song? It's, it doesn't really make any yeah. sense to me. I mean, and, it, and I think it, what it essentially points to is trying to fit something for all of these songs into these five discs somehow because um, maybe the format didn't really lend to um, just a presentation of this much material like within only five discs yeah, yeah I feel like this era kind of deserved something bigger or maybe a couple of these boxes I mean just for example wouldn't it be nice on the Pet Sounds box um, you get the mono mix you get a stereo mix you get some session highlights a backing track a track and backing vocals and a vocal only mix and some other and then, mixes too. Yeah, yeah. and which right, is like some the perfect some other... package of like everything you could want yeah. for that song. Right, much. and then um, on feel flows when you're trying to cover this many songs with just a with just five discs, breakaway literally just gets a couple seconds, and I just feel like these songs deserved a little more. And you know that's probably the fault of all this drama that's happened. <laughs> recently and and the big wait and it coming out in 2021 instead of 2019 um but i just kind of wish they went with these arrows separately i mean that's my main complaint is just i want more and yeah. i mean that's probably always going to be my complaint just because i'm a huge fan and i want to hear everything but mm -hmm. seriously i do think that um maybe not that it should have been bigger but just that it should have been treated differently. Maybe not a five-disc box for this much music. But at the same time, I appreciate that this was also at the time when it was it was made in a, in a time when the archival program thing wasn't looking very good. Like, you know, the 2018 sets were barely got a green light at all. They were put together in a couple of months, pretty much. And then there was no prom promotion whatsoever for them, you know. And then Feel Flows, this mm -hmm. thing was like almost cancelled a few times, like before the whole Iconic purchase thing. It was difficult to even get made in the first place. So... I'm fully on board with with the fact that this was probably like the only way it was going to get put like greenlit, like a sort of thing covering both Sunflower and Surf's Up in one and pitching the project the way that it was pitched. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So, I'm very, very know, grateful for it. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, because I have just been listening to this so much and there was so much here to, to enjoy. It's just the things like, oh, it could have been, you could have done that. It's like sort of open goals for different, like all the mixes and se session highlights and different things that could have been on there that weren't and it's like oh but the stuff that is there is so good that it's i'm starting to mind it less i think at this point yeah i mean you say about obviously cramming it in i mean it's clear when you look at and you listen to the the cd version just because it's i find I, it's easy for me sometimes just to put on physical media um that there's some weird chunking around i mean the main thing is the bonus tracks at the end of disc four which are obviously meant to be bonus tracks for the rest of the sex you've got some um sunflower outtakes some surfs up outtakes and a couple of things that kind of just i guess our eras relate to the others but are kind of their own independent things not intended for those albums and it does feel weird i kind of want i want i just got my pay in well to a lesser extent when girls get together with the tracks up on disc one but obviously because of the live tracks they got shoved down here in this place that makes no sense um mm -hmm. yeah 
I mean, I, I mean, Mark and Alan, one of them said, I remember them, they, they tried for a six disc set and the label was having none of it, but hopefully that sort of thing with the, say with the iconic purchase helps in the future. I mean, they said that it would, so fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't really mind the whole sequence of the thing now because I just took it and reorganized everything like the way I wanted oh, to listen to it. So, so I don't like I don't have to suffer through it, but yeah, I just shoved it all in like sort of chronological order, which when you get to surf up in 71, you've just got to like make it up because there isn't that information from, for a lot of it. But the rest, I was like, right, like 69, okay. 71, all in order, just going to listen to it like that. And it's great. I'm, I've enjoyed it much more since I, since I did that. Um, Speaking of that, like the way that the LPs are laid out is bizarre to me too. Oh yeah. Aren't so the bonus got, tracks after yeah, like so side A? The first and third LPs are the remasters of Sunflower and Surf's Up. But the first, I mean, like they're not split up. I mean, they're split up into sides, but then there's bonus tracks on every side. So mm. I don't know. I mean, I'd rather just have the LPs separately and just be able to listen to Sunflower and Surf's Up and then have two LPs of bonus tracks, even if it's a few less tracks. I don't know. That just bugs me a little bit. It's yeah. like the first LP is is um, like side one of Sunflower and then um, like Cottonfield, San Miguel, and It's About Time. And then side two is just side two plus this whole world, 1988. Bizarre. Like, yeah. why? Like, well, just put the that, regular LP together. If you did that, it wouldn't really be Feel Flows. It would just be Sunflower. Um, which begs the question of again, why not you know do a remix of the album to justify that thing? Well, I'm they, saying for the for the four, yeah, I mean yeah, for the, exactly for the quad LP set, like okay, yeah, that you makes know, sense. and it's packaged yeah. in a way where you know you've got, I mean it it literally is like packaged in a way where you've got a sunflower LP, and then a two like a two disc sunflower and two disc surfs up LP. But it's just the sequencing is what drives me crazy. Like, you know, yeah. just have the, the LP and then a bonus disc. But I understand, like, because yeah. it's just the, it's, they just replicated the two LP set and then added two extra LPs of more bonus tracks. But that's just another nitpicky thing for me as far as like the presentation. The, the, the overall um, presentation of the four LP boxers, the only one I have, is really nice. Like, it's, it's, you know, it feels very pro, like it looks nice. I love the the booklet that it comes with. It's 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 all done pretty well. But yeah, I d the sequencing is is strange to me. I mean, with the bonus tracks at the end of the sides, I remember when it was announced, I thought, oh, that is odd. But to a degree, it, it wouldn't have bothered me so much if there was, I, I think if they put tracks released in the era, I guess, at the end yeah. of the sides, the studio tracks. So... Cotton Fields come at the end of side one of Sunflower, while Random, I think, is kind of is it's kind of like oh well, this also came from the sessions. It's in the like it, I don't mind that so much. I think it would it would be nice, as it were, if there was kind of because I've had it on some reissues where there's kind of a bit more of a audio pause beforehand. So so say there's ten seconds after mm -hmm. it's about mm -hmm. time, which allows you to just stand up and lift the needle if you want, and it's not going to interrupt it. But having the live tracks and the, some of the like fragments of acapella bits is is very random. I mean, this whole world at the end makes no sense. The weirder one, I think, is Disney Girls Live coming at the end of side one of Surf's Up yeah. at yeah. one track. <laughs> I, I like that the idea strange. of the feel flows 
acapella um mm-hmm. fragment coming at the end of side one of surfs up they almost like a little precursor to feel flows mm-hmm. on side two um mm-hmm. not having actually listened to the lp of that in, in its entirety i i can't actually say how that feels but i it's uh, yeah i mean the disney girls thing would kind of put me off actually doing that so yeah those um acapella fragments are like backing vocal fragments are like simultaneously some of my favorite things on here and some of the things that get on like annoy me the most because it's like a day in the life of a tree that sounds incredible and then it gets like 15 seconds in and just it's getting good it fades out it's like oh why would that even be a thing like why would you do that <laughs> um, um just make it i don't know i feel like it would be less less of a tease because like, obviously it's for space reasons really it's sort of these things scream like you wanted to highlight the backing vocals from these things because they were so good but it feels like there is no justification to make them in entire yeah. tracks um yeah. when you've got to cram so much into five discs so i feel like i don't know like a smile sessions montage type thing would have been much more sort of palatable if it was mm-hmm. just all put together in one yeah. like five minute long montage of all these things together would have been easier to take i think um i hadn't actually thought so yeah that's that. uh that's another what, sequencing thing. It's weird how they're like split throughout the the set. Like you'll just get a random thirteen second clip in between two songs. Yeah, so. and we didn't say too much about it, but I think the surfs up. I think we'll mention it, but the surfs up remaster is is much better than the sunflower remaster, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also like the the source material was easier to remaster um, in a way that made it feel new um i don't know if i prefer it to the original mix but um the original master rather um but i'll have to side by side it, it it's not it's not glaringly different like the sunflower one is yeah to it's me. listenable yeah. and fine and it sounds about consistent with all the bonus tracks and stuff um, yep it's not my favorite yep. surf's up but it sounds like decent mm-hmm. and it's normal yeah it's already a it strangely made album yeah yeah, it sounds weird when you um, if if you have a bunch of surfs up and you compare them all, it does sound weird compared to the others. Um, I mean, yeah. I say it's a weird sounding album, but it kind of has a sound. And when mm. you then listen to the remaster on this, it's obviously one that's not necessarily just tried to sort of give it a bit more of a, I guess, a freshen up. It's really like tried to it's a re- remaster that's tried to reinvent it beyond just a gentle remaster. It's almost trying to remix it, but without remixing it. And yeah. in that regard, it is its own exp- listening experience. Rather, I, I, I find it's not my, yeah, it's not my favorite one, but it's interesting just to hear it in a slightly different light. I think the surfs up track at the end, especially is quite a highlight on it. Um, I obviously mean the one on the album, not the 2019 mm-hmm. mix, which is which, not a highlight. On yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, um, do we want to go through and pick some tracks to talk about? Yeah, um, why don't we yeah. just go Maybe through some, like every highlight? Just go yeah, through like okay. every disc and talk about each bonus track, or okay? Something like that. That would be fun. Well, let's not go too 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 in depth into let's not it. Not go but, crazy, um, but you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the the new yeah. stuff yeah. for sure. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, we want to. We, we'll definitely, uh, you know, when when we get to the the actual sunflower podcast episodes we'll have oh it'll be like time four years and everyone will forgot no sunflower. it'll come pretty quick okay. it'll come pretty quick <laughs> don't worry um 
but yeah so uh what are we looking at here the the cd or the streaming re- uh, release cds yeah. a five disc okay and so yeah. let me pull that up disc one ignore the ignore the live stuff what's the first thing on there i'm thinking Beach Boys, Hollywood, California, Brian Wilson, Brother Records, The Beach Boys. Oh, I like the promos. Those are neat. Those I mean, are I've fun. heard those before, but I like those a lot. I think yeah. that's fun. That's a cool way to kind of, you know, I, I, it, you know, I love, I love hearing those things like that kind of transport you to the the era and the and what it would be like to get hyped about this new Beach Boys release. You know, I mean, if I heard that, I would lose my mind. That Sunflower promo is awesome. Oh, yeah. So, with uh, yeah. just going, Brian Wilson, Brother Record, yeah. Sunflower, <laughs> over, over and over again. <laughs> <The Beach Boys. laughs> you, say, you say it'll get you hyped, but Clee didn't get many people hyped. Um, well, nobody heard it. It's probably the yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. yeah. But, so, uh, all right, bonus tracks. I'm just looking at the list here. Breakaway. Okay, um, okay yep. ignore that. Um, celebrate the news, the new mix. <laughs> which amazing. <laughs> um, celebrate the news. I, I quite like this thing. It's not a replace. It feels like a sort of alternate mix to the original, which is a fine mix anyway, so I'm look, not looking to replace it. And I quite like this. It's just a quite different look at the track because the original was like a sort of narrow track and the vocals really left and right. And this is like the opposite of that. And it's kind of has a acapella ending and yeah I, I i like this one just as a as a different look into the way this track sounded i it's one of those ones where like a, just a, a, an acapella mix or a backing track would have been welcome but this is also something i'm not complaining about at all apart from that like really intense tape hiss when carl says hello from the start i don't really know why that exists but other than that um yeah this thing's cool i like this thing i i mean I'm not such a fan of it. Just in the, it just feels because the original track, especially at the end, I realize obviously they're going for the acapella tag here, but it gets oh, yeah, very it bombastic and big. Um, yeah, it's uh, just. I mean, the whole track feels really flat to me. It's it is good as like a dissection of the track, but I mean, again, it being the only presentation of the track here feels weird. But obviously, again, I've got I the mean, original yeah. 1969 single mix, so. I'm not. I'm not too bothered by that. Yeah, I. I sort of agree. It is cool to to listen to it as an educational thing. Like, oh wow, this this sounds really different. You could hear the vocals um, at the end way clearer. You could actually hear what Mike is singing. Uh, that I really liked. Um, but I do prefer the original mix. I think uh, just for the for stereo sure. vocals. I don't really like how they're how they're mono here. Just all centered. Um, but what a weird song too. Yeah, it's a different. Yeah, it's a, it's a different flavor to it because the whole thing originally is sort of like a duet between Carl and Dennis. Like Carl's doing the high harmony the whole way through, but he's only on the right hand side, and this sort of makes it more sort of crystallizes that whole duet feel to the song. I think a bit more. Yeah, that's fair. And, and also the when Al sings towards the end in the original mix is really grating. Like he's trying to do the Brian thing on some of these tracks, only sixty nine when Brian wasn't there. I think of thought he sounded in that original mix it's really hard to listen to but now he's kind of turned down and in the middle and it's like oh he sounds good um, that works it makes sense um, <laughs> yeah I'm, I miss and, him uh, personally but anyway <laughs> <laughs> loop, loop-de-loop the original mix finally uh, I've wanted this thing out for so long I love this um, it, it sounds a bit muddy but I've fixed that myself so I don't care I just love the, I love this song 
it's ridiculous yeah. it's insane it's like uh, a peek under the curtain of al jardine's maniacal insanity and it's i love it <laughs> i'm really glad that the original mix finally got out yeah it's i mean it's a lot of fun i mean i i'd be lying if i said i hadn't carefully swung my baby around to it um <laughs> because it kind of feels, feels outright way. um but i i, I he, he he did cry afterwards so maybe maybe he didn't appreciate it quite so much but it is great to yeah, have this mix given all we had um officially was the endless harmony version with owls many overdubs yeah. Mr. Tinkering Owl, as we'll get to yeah. further in the set. Um, Which I've actually come to appreciate <laughs> as well, but I do... I was always with the thing of, oh, well, this shouldn't be out there without the original mix being out there, and now we've got this as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can actually appreciate what I was going for there, which was like... I think he felt bad about changing Brian's lyrics and stuff, and just wanted the, the, the high voice, that he, he found the high voice annoying, which I love, but, you know, I think this has actually got yeah. Owl's, like, highest note on record. It's like... Um, the F sharp, F sharp. in the last verse, yeah, it's like higher than the domino and stuff, and yeah. he's like screaming it. It's, it's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun uh, track. Yeah. It's so weird, man. It's Al's such like a seemingly such a straight guy before loop de loop, and then he just goes insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and because we do all this kind we'll of session research stuff. The... Yeah. Yeah, but because we do all this kind of session research stuff, we've been looking at like the track sheets, and Craig Sawinski has been, you know, shared all the AFM contract info so we can have like a back and forth um, about it. And I think I've been digging into this more than anyone, and it's just hilarious how dense this track is. Like, you would not believe how many instruments and sessions and things have gone into making this, this like ridiculous track it's Al is fully just going all out like trying to make the, the production of his life on this song about a plane um, it's oh. great I love it <laughs> and I just remembered this was going to be a single it was yeah this oh. is going to be Carl Engerman sent a memo um, to Nick Grillo in like I think April or May 69 I have to check talking about how um, enthusiastic he is about the new single Loop De Loop Flip Flop um, and how excited he is to hear what the group are working on for the rest of the album. So my headcanon for this is that Brian just did Breakaway so this didn't have to be a single. He was like, right, I'm stopping that. I'm going to write a new song for the first time <laughs> in a year. <laughs> um, I guess Sam Miguel next. Um, yeah. Which I, I really like this mix. It is a bit ridiculous in that Mark Lynette way, I suppose, but I, I, I really enjoy it. Bottom end, heavy and all. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, there's, the, there's this thing about the castanets where they're not synced up properly and they skip a beat, so the rhythm gets all wrong. And But, you know, and it's, I don't care. This thing sounds much better than the original oh, mix so did. Um, so I can, I can take that. I think the castanet error, I mean, John can explain what went wrong there better than I can. Um, but, feels kind of like inexcusable but at the same time i can block it out and just enjoy this thing as sort of like a more definitive mix of the song to me than the original one and it's loud and over the top but i think that's kind of what it was going for and i like it yeah yeah i i i, I like it too it is a little painful with headphones when you're listening to the other stuff because it is it is a lot louder than some other things on this box set um but you know besides that just take it on its own I think it sounds good. The original mix, I just, it's not good. It's uh, basically it's very all mono. flat. Um, yeah, it was like all mono apart from the bass and drums, which are bound apart. 
Um, yeah. And it just doesn't have any power, which is, you know, this, this is supposed to be a powerful that, yeah. song. So Yeah. Yeah. Susie Cincinnati, uh, skip. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Loud oh, drums. This yeah. This is... Uh, I, oh, I mean... I enjoy the mix itself. It's just kind of wearing the mastering. The the version on the vinyl, I guess, because that was cut by Chris Bellman, who tends to do pretty good good work when it comes to that. It's tamed that all down, and I think I I, I really enjoy it after that, to be honest. Um, but yeah, the CD version is is not as pleasant to listen to um, at all. But yeah. I mean, it's yeah. the millionth mix of the track, so... Yeah, it's the millionth mix of, mix of the track, and probably my least, least favourite, you know? I'm happy with that, mm -hmm. like, 1970 or, or the 2012 one. Not so much the 15 big ones mix, but... Um, it's just ridiculous how many mixes of that. I mean, you, you did a whole, like, mixology bonus thingy on that, didn't you? I did. How, how many yeah, times, yeah. They, did, how many times they remixed this song? Um, and it's never it's quite... <laughs> yeah. And it's never been quite perfect for some reason. Um, it says 2020 mix on the on the, the the CD, but I think it's actually a 2021 mix because I wanted the car sounds removed at the last minute, and they had to. That's why the car sounds are in the the two CDs. It's, it's crazy. I don't know why I wanted the car sounds taken out. He's the strangest man in the world. But hey, another one. There you go. Um, good time. The new mix of that. Yeah. I I, I, I like this mix. I, you can actually hear the backing vocals, which is a nice change from from Love You. Yeah, I mean, my favorite by far is the original 1970 mix, mainly because it's got that like ADT effect on Brian's voice in the chorus, which I think is really nice because he didn't double it naturally. It was like a post thing. And I really like the sound of that. Uh, this new mix doesn't have that, and it feels a bit too heavily, like, you know, compressed and squashed. And, but it's still like. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to go back to this one much, but it has like this ukulele lead melody in the verse that was dropped in the original mix that I like hearing. Um, and it's got the hay. It does have the hay at the end, which hey. is a good thing. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, you need that. <laughs> two can play? Yeah, two can play instead of games two can play for some reason. I think yeah. it's two can play is what it says on the tape box. Yeah, I mean, um, the picture of the tape box in, in the booklet just says two can play, so... But at the same um, time, the, those tape boxes also have things like um, add some oh, music yeah, yeah. and just got my pay. So it's like an abbreviation. When it was copyrighted, it was Games Two Can Play. So I'm going to keep calling. I'm going to keep calling it Games Two Can Play. This is a pretty good mix. It's a big improvement on the '76 one that was going to be on Adult Child, um, and makes me enjoy the song a lot more than I did before. So this is a track that I've been playing loads from the set. So I don't. Uh, it's just. I. I mean. And get into the tracks beyond that but it just amused mm -hmm. me no end with brian just like being all happy and joy and suddenly i'm fat as a cow <laughs> um it, yeah yeah <laughs> i mean as i was talking with obviously white about wild honey earlier obviously it is essentially a slice of life brian track in a way and that mm. is it's just brian doing those in this period is just so much fun yeah, yeah i've always <laughs> been a big fan of this track and um, I enjoy this mix a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some extra little vocal parts at the end that you can't really hear on the on the mix we had yeah. before. Um, I love this song and I love it so much more now that I've heard this new mix. And 
the lyrics are just so fun. Um, in the morning, people are so happy, and that's the time when mm-hmm. I'm a Mr. Businessman. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. which is. There's no way he's Mr. Businessman. Come on, that's a lie, Brian. <laughs> it's, I just got my face, the ultimate version of that, which we can talk oh, about yeah, soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That, I got a whole new perspective on that song and this one a little bit recently by just relating it to the way Brian was living at the time. I, I really like that sort of thing. It's like sort of psychologically revealing that he's like just wants to be a normal sort of nine to five guy, but doesn't really understand anything about how that works. So he's like, writes this song about how great it is just working like five days a week and i can't you know it's 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 ridiculous yeah. but it's quite revealing in a way as well and this song too uh, games two can play um it's really light and breezy it's very simple hardly anything's been said about it there's like no information no there's no quotes or anything about this song it just sort of exists and it's one of the first things Brian did after basically a year of not really doing much with the beach boys like he did break away he took some time off and then later mm-hmm. in the year, they started doing things at this home studio again. This was like the first new song he brought to the table since Breakaway and before that, since like the middle of 68. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's it's really fun to imagine. This is like the way his, the way he's getting back into the studio is with, with this thing. And the vocals, I think, might all be the Wilsons as well. Like you can hear Dennis mm-hmm. quite prominently and Brian and Carl singing like different parts stacked on different tracks. I don't know if Bruce or Al are in here or not. But it sounds like it might just be like a pure Wilson song in terms of like vocals. Yeah, and and you know, so, let's not forget this was Brian's first foray into hip hop. So. <laughs> I love that part. It makes me la- it makes me crack up every time. Um, it just sounds so fun. Like you could tell he was having a great time with it. It's just such a s- stupid song, but should have been on Sunflower. Great at the same time. You know? Yeah. One, two, three, three, three. Cotton fields. And I love the little <laughs> counting. I do um, as well. Oh yeah. Is that Matt? Yeah. Yeah. People seem to be confused about why this exists, but what it is is when Al mixed the track to mono a capital in um nine sixty nine. He had like a few different mixes of it and a couple of them had that little count in on the start of it. Um but whoever like chose the one to release as a single, mm. they chose the mix that didn't have Matt's count in, but I think Al like requested that they put this back in, this mix, so that's quite cute. And it would be great. This mix would be good if, like, the vocal wasn't completely out of sync in the intro, yeah. which makes means I'm just not going to listen to it again because um, that puts me it really puts me off. Um, which it's a shame because it's I think synced up from like two different tapes, like the 16 track, they have the backing track, and then the 8 track the, with the vocal. Instead right. of like the 2001 mix was just taken from the final multi track, but this was like synced up so there was more flexibility, and it was not done properly and. I don't know how this wasn't caught, but yeah, it's kind of a shame because I was completely ahead of the rest of the track when he's singing at the start. The original Big Sur, you know, most people have heard this on bootlegs for a while now, and um, I've always really loved it. I thought it's fantastic. Although I think in after hearing it ad nauseum in the last couple months. I do prefer the uh, Holland version. Really? Sorry. Ooh. Yeah. I, I agree on that. My my big hot take. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Listening to them back to back, I just think the Holland version is so much more interesting to me. The production and the the uh, the performance. Well, that's just me. Yeah, it, the Holland one's got a, the vibe for Holland. I like that there's two versions. I'm not one of these people that. I love choose. this version as well. Yeah, I, I like that we've got the different. Taking away nothing from this. This is the original version and. Hmm how it was intended probably and i don't know who 
you know, decided to completely change it around. It was Carl. You came up with the idea. Oh, okay, make it cool. Old, um, nice. Old. Yeah, which is the thing for me, because I think the melody is so well-constructed in this original one, and it flows so well. The putting into that different time signature feels quite unnatural mm -hmm. to me. Like, you can sort of tell it wasn't written that way. And But I like both yeah. versions. Yeah, this is... Uh, this is great. I'm not a fan of the mix, but that's, I think, just me. I think yeah. everybody else seems to be fine with it. Yeah. The original 1970 mix of this song has been bootlegged and goes around in different... I prefer forms. the original, yeah. Yeah, this seems, like, very compressed and squashed in a strange way, like, where, like, the bass is physically quite quiet, but it's boosted up, like, the frequency, so it's boomy without the bass being there very much, and everyone's singing at, like, the same volume throughout. It just feels kind of squashed and unusual. I don't really know why it sounds that way. Um, There's a lot yeah, more yeah. in there as well that's obviously yeah. left out of the original right. mix. Yeah. Um, one thing I kind of miss, I do prefer this version, I think. Um, you know, I love both. This They give me completely different feelings. This one is more like dreamy, like yeah. maybe you've never been to Big Sur, and then the other one is more kind of homey and very... Yeah feels a lot more like actual Big Sur, which is funny because it was recorded in Holland. But um, one thing I do miss from this version is uh, Al's harmony when they say, Big Sur, I've got plans for you in the Holland version. Oh, Mike yeah. and Al kind of harmonize and go up. I, I kind of so wish good. that was here. Um, well, you know, the remix Mike's of Holland kind of that. Yeah, the remix of Holland that they're doing, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with that because there are some great backing vocals and the Holland version that are really buried. Yeah. You've got to really yeah. listen for it, but when you pick up with them, it's like, oh, wow, that's that sounds amazing. So that'll yeah. really benefit from a remix, I think, if that is what they're doing for Holland. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah. So Help is on the way. Love. My favorite mm -hmm. Beach Boys songs, <laughs> in spite of <laughs> my, my best interests. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a great song. Always been a fan of this. I mean, I'm a obviously a huge fan of adult child so any of that stuff always love seeing but yeah i mean what's different about this mix um banjo is more upfront than the uh the adult child it sounds mix. pretty much the same to me but well it's quite similar to you guys but it's more similar to the original 970 mix but like the tack piano mm, which yeah. was stereo before is mono I, that's the one thing i don't think i like about this one is the tack piano being spread apart and crazy like the okay. daryl dragon tack piano sort of going across the stereo spectrum was the thing i loved about it and that's not there anymore the mm -hmm. tack piano this is something i think mark has a thing against he's like anti-stereo tack piano there's quite a few tracks here where he's like pan that in mono I, which it's fine but i'd miss that and uh some of the backing vocals are brought up a little bit more and obviously banjo and guitar are a little bit more present in this one uh so it's more of a balanced track instead of being so piano heavy it's a fine mix. I don't have a problem, much of a problem with it. It's just another alternative. I don't think this. Yeah. I still don't think there's like a definitive mix of this song just yet. Um, but this is like, it's an, it's a third equally pleasant way to listen to this like goofy, ridiculous <laughs> song. So, hey, there we go. Sweet and bitter. This is a great song. I really like this song. Yeah. Me too. Um, it's a song written by Don Goldberg, who was Brian's friend just for a short period of time. And he put it on YouTube years ago in a version that was overdubbed by him and his family and had drums and synths and all this crazy stuff. But this is pretty much just how they recorded it. 
uh, just acoustic guitars, piano, bass, organ. And I think this is one of Mike's best vocals. Oh, yeah. Ever. He sings it really great. sounds so good. good on this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, some questionable edits, like the way the last chorus is looped, which is good, but then it's looped in the middle of the last chorus um, with like the words overlapping and then the edits like not on beat and it's like the, the fade out thing, um, which I, uh, yeah, I'm really, I don't like the way that that was done. It feels quite sloppy. And also as well, I've got mixed feelings about this. This is something Alan spoke about where to kind of liven up the track a bit. They put a fuzz effect on the bass. Um, which mm. is like if you're gonna not use like the Don Goldberg stuff that his family put on it in the 70s or 80s or whatever why would you then add a fuzz effect to a bass thing like there wasn't there in 1970 and it sounds fine but it's just sort of philosophically a very strange decision yeah. to me but yeah it doesn't matter to me that much because it does sound good like if you just ignore all the context of it it sounds like a like a good musical idea and it's it's a well mixed thing and it's cool to hear mm. um yeah i'm I, I i'm really happy with being able to finally hear this thing basically the way it was originally done in 1970 although the writing credit in the book is odd because it's they've got it down as brian wilson slash don goldberg when this was pretty much like entirely a song written by don goldberg that brian just flipped around a few chords for in the chorus so that's um sort of a, feels a bit of a disservice to the guy who like brought in the tape and uh oh well you know it's it's a strange thing that i noticed my solution i guess yeah i mean we covered the edit at the end earlier, yeah let's yeah, talk about that but the song in general this is amazing i love it <laughs> brian's narration is so weird he's like putting on this weird accent almost well it's like a boris karloff thing it was always sort of based on the on the monster map and the universal horror movies and yeah i love it recorded halloween 1970 um there's photos from the session that are great they look like brian's got his face painted green oh yeah, yeah. and uh, carly Minos is there uh, who became the keyboard um a keyboardist in the tourist band at uh, the touring band later in the 70s he was actually a friend of jack riley uh, he came up to the session. He might have played on it. I'm really sure, but I think that's quite an interesting piece of trivia. Just that he was there, sort of involved with them so early, and was there when they were recording this. Um, and yeah, this is a great, ridiculous. Um, and just I've said I've used the word ridiculous quite a lot when talking about these bonus tracks already, but it's just because it comes up a lot. This thing's so musically interesting and innovative, and it's the first time Brian really went wild with the synths. There's so many interesting synth parts. Some that are like quite buried here like some of the more interesting parts of the arrangement that you hear in the bootleg are sunk in the mix here um but i don't mind so much because the whole thing does sound pretty good and there's that there's great extra vocals from brian at the end that were a complete surprise oh, when they showed up on this so, i love that <laughs> yeah it sounds really sinister actually it does it does this is a really yeah. dark track but I, I mean like brian's little bit at the end makes it really sinister like the yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a song about Brian killing someone. Like he just gets a woman and gives us basically some experimental drug that makes her die. And it's like, wow, <laughs> that's if you just think about it in that context, this is pretty, pretty grim. I like the uh, the interview he did in '76 where he talked about wanting to include this on their next album, which would have been "Love You," and he said it's yeah. he said it has weird chords. And that's all he had to say about it. <laughs> I think that's the weirdest thing about it. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a lot weirder than that. But then uh, it gets stranger though, because he did like a remake of it in 1980 that was in a medley with Short and Bread, <laughs> which, is, which sounds like something like we would make up, but it's real and exists. Um, and he did a narration on that one as well that hasn't been bootlegged. The track's been bootlegged, but Brian's narration, 1980, 1980 My Solution narration hasn't been bootlegged, which is like very top of my bucket list of things that I need to hear before I die. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall, um, glad that this thing finally is out there and I can just play it and pretend it's on Surf's Up. Yeah. <laughs> well... Of course, the definitive version of this track is on the best Brian Wilson album, <laughs> Imagination, hey, called Happy Days. I like that song. I'm not going to fight you on this. <laughs> not today. Man, I remember listening to Happy Days and being like, this is bizarre and awesome. And I always loved it. I'd never heard my solution until years later. And it was like, oh, wow. It was cool. Yeah, it's cool hearing it in that reverse order. Someone who also hadn't heard my solution was Joe Thomas someone like i think really, it was really yeah he someone uh he showed them the imagination tracks and i forget who this was was it lee dempsey it might have been yeah i don't know and and he's some some ultra brian fan started singing the my solution lyrics and he was like wait you guys know this song <laughs> what is this <laughs> <laughs> crazy yeah anyway let's get back into <laughs> 1970s or wherever the hell we are um, 4th of July. First of all, it's called 2019 Mix, which is a bit misleading because what it actually is is a 1971 mix with Carl's vocal because Carl's vocal was like erased because this is the thing basically where Dennis had a track and then Jack Riley got, mm -hmm. came up with this set of lyrics about like the New York Times being suppressed by the government or whatever. And then Dennis wasn't around. And on Brian's tw uh, 29th birthday party, got Carl to sing these lyrics and Carl was kind of in it as well mm -hmm. and then they overed up this and mixed it down and that's what we hear here and then later on Dennis found out about it and was like nope and then he wiped that vocal and replaced it with like a guitar play in the melody um, so this isn't a full remix but it kind of I think crossfades into a new mix of the ending at the end which maybe wasn't part of that original mix down I'm not really 100% sure how it works but I think it's got the tag 2019 mix because it's like the 71 mix crossfaded into like a newly mixed ending uh, maybe um so that's kind okay. of how this came about. Um, so there are plenty of 4th of July things, like a couple of different alternate things that aren't on this box set that were kind of a missed opportunity. Um, but again, it's just fine to hear this one again. I, I yeah. like the way it sounds. It's, um, I like the sort of longer, like swirly thing before it goes into the ending. Yeah, yeah, not much to say. It's the same thing we've heard before. I yeah. love the track of this. It's so cool. Mm. I think it sounds yeah, great. Yeah, it's, it's so inventive. A lot of the Dennis stuff was just mm -hmm. like not what Brian and Carl were usually doing. Right. It's so it's obviously just weird Dennis. sounds. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing uh, with this as well, there's plenty of stuff like on the Moby track that isn't in this mix that I think, um, you know, there's like loads of backing vocals. There's a whole horn section, another synthesizer part. Um, that could have i think been flown into like the original 71 mix to make it sound more finished but that was kind of what i predicted that they might do because it seems sort of in the vein of the fixes and corrections sort of on some of these mixes and yeah. i was looking forward to hearing maybe something like that but no it's just kind of the original one again and that alternate stuff isn't included anywhere so digital dump maybe let's hope i don't know yeah 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 i was wondering if that might be on the table so 
be cool. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that, as much as there is on this box, there's a lot of stuff that isn't on it. Yeah, and there's a whole alternate ending of Fourth of July as well, because this this crazy like seventy one mix with Jack Riley doing this um, like improvised guide vocal thing, mm-hmm. and it's insane. But at the end of it, it's got a completely different ending, like with different chords and two pianos and stuff, and it's beautiful. And I, I think it's, I think it's probably a. I prefer it to the uh, the ending of like I guess the final quote unquote version completely different piece of music and i don't know if that still exists on tape or anything but that would be a great thing to hear if like they are going to release anything else with this song well sound of free <laughs> which is just the same monomix that we've heard before um because you can't remake however it. yeah however i've noticed because my it, it I, I think there's like some slight auto pan on the track mm-hmm. it always seems mm. like it's moving around a bit just yes. a tiny bit yeah i think i noticed that as i well. noticed that too and uh, 15 or 16 seconds in, there's like a whoosh sound that's like in stereo. I don't know what that is, but yeah, uh, is this isn't like a needle drop, is it? Because it sounded I don't think like so. I mean, because if it was, that can happen. That that can right. Happen, it kind of sounded yeah. like like that kind of effect that you get. But I don't know. It's a it sounds a little weird on here. It sounds better than it did before. Yeah. I think because before it was very thin yeah. sounding, like. Monomix and this now you you know the pump the bass up and I think it sounds better than it did before it yeah and uh, fallen in love the original 1970 mix that was going to be on Sunflower but then Warner Brothers were like no yeah do it again and then they took the song off um yeah so weird glad to have this here I'm, I mean this any any vintage mix is great yeah. and it's not one that we had at all I don't think so it's um, yeah it. It's. I, I think it. Yeah, it definitely benefits over the fold down version that we mainly had. Um, his vocal is still basically the dominant thing in the intro, but I kind of like that effect. But the rest of the track is not quite so. The track is all the way over here, and the vocals here hmm. is a bit more balanced. Although it's still that classic Dennis thing where the vocal is very upfront. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's a highlight for me. Yeah, I really appreciate that because Steve Dasper um, wrote about some, sort of the experience of recording the mix in the song and the whole idea it was supposed to be like a sort of very intimate thing and the strings came along later but he was basically saying like he was making dennis mix the vocal like really upfront really dry to give it that sort of effect and i like that a bit about this mix i think it just fits the song more than the sort of more cinematic like 2009 remix that came out before this one did um which again is a fine mix but they sort of prioritize a different dennis vocal when i think this is the better vocal and uh, but that also shows off some instrumental parts like the um just like the piano is like faintly there and stuff and you know it's just like more of a sort of fuller orchestral sounding thing than this mix it's going it's a different approach and i like that we've got the two different angles to the song to choose from now yeah uh don't have much to add on to what you guys said but beautiful song i like the mix a lot for all those same reasons and uh yeah it it is weird to me when they release remixes before original mixes like how we're just getting these versions of loop de loop and lady now yeah um but you know i'm glad we have them not like big sir and things like that it's still still in the vaults yeah slightly confusing but oh well yeah okay seasons in the sun oh oh boy yeah oh we don't have to talk about that 
I don't care about this song at all. Yeah, me neither. But it's just, it's one of those things. I'm like, why do this? Why? Well, you don't... This was Al's. I think everyone knows at this point that this was Al's idea, and Al had the song remixed like privately on his yeah. own because he felt strongly about the way this song was put together. And I think the reasoning he gave was like philosophically, like the, the sort of the big chorus of Beach Boys vocals didn't really fit with the message of the song and the chorus, but at the same time, like neither yeah. does the, the track or the melody or anything about this song fit with what it's supposed to be saying. So it just leaves Carl kind of sounding naked when it was supposed to be like a unison vocal with backing vocals and things there. And it just doesn't work at all for me. Um, I think everybody's pretty much on the same page with that one, apart from Al. Uh, <laughs> true. This yeah. is definitely one of those tracks that should have been in if they kept the kind of general sequencing should be with the bonus tracks at the end of disc four yeah. because I don't need it on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, uh, but um, I wonder if Al had something to say about that because this is his thing and he did insist on. That's very true. Probably yeah. Taking the later. taking charge with the mixes and such. Yeah, the historical context of this, I mean, if just if we're doing any of that, I don't know, you can mute me. But um, the whole thing of this one was Al was friends with Terry Jacks, who like kind of adapted the song. And then they invited Terry down to produce basically a version of it for the Beach Boys when they were sort of outsourcing different songwriter things. And nobody was really into it. Like Brian showed up for like an hour and then left. Dennis was nowhere in town. Um, and yeah, it's it's strange because I think the track of this is completely limp. Like Terry Jacks produced the track basically, and Al yeah. sort of produced the vocals, I think. And I think the backing track just sucks. Like it's really not good. And Carl's vocal, I've never liked as well. Like I think Mike said, even said in the '70s that Carl sang it like too wimply or something. Um, mm -hmm. But the thing is, like if Al Jardine had produced a track for this and Al had sang the lead vocal, I think it would actually be quite good. Like. Yeah, I can. I think he would would have genuinely been like the perfect voice for this song, and not Carl. Um, and I think he would have done a good job with the track as well if he wanted to do that. Um, which is a strange thing. It's sort of like we're blaming Al for taking out the backing vocals, but I think really him not being as involved with it as he maybe should have been is the reason it didn't turn out so well. But yeah, just write this thing off. It's like I think it's hilarious that Al spent so much time sort of remixing this and figuring out what he wanted to do with it, but. It's the one that's singled out to like get shit on in every review of the box set. Every single one brings up Seasons in the Sun is like, oh, the Beach Boys are slumming it. Um, but for Al. <laughs> yeah, because oh, originally well. didn't, the Kingston Trio did that song, so that's definitely where Al heard it. Oh, okay. Originally. I didn't know and that. And then Terry Jacks like adapted it. Mm. Sort of like Sleep John B. Yeah. Um, okay, let's jump. Where are we going here? Let's see. We gotta cut through all the, the backup yeah. tracks. Uh, when girls get together is, I think, the next okay. tune. When girls get together, uh, yeah. I think this is one of Brian's most inventive, creative arrangements at this time. It's really cool. Um, so I love the backing track, and the vocals. I'm not as huge on. Mm-hmm. I love this. It's just. I've really grown, this thing's really grown on me. I can't stop listening to it. Um, <laughs> it's it's my full like guilty pleasure thing. Um, I think this song's uh, I can't. I'm not gonna say it's good, but I, it's just so mm -hmm. unique and out there. It's just like where did this come from? Um, and I, I like the whole sort of Everly Brothers type thing with Brian and Mike. Although yeah, Mike is kind of straining a bit, and Brian is definitely straining because they're both singing very high up for their sort of respective ranges, and it sounds 
quite grating, but um, I don't know. Something inexplicably like draws me to this song and makes me listen to it all the way through. <laughs> yeah, it all, but it does have a little bit of that that ice pick trebly remaster kind as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't, so I don't on this one. I think it sounds fine to me. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to talk about any of these like track and backing vocals mixes? Just any that. Uh, if there's like, anything that yeah that you want to mention, okay. I mean, um, like, slip on through. Okay, that's. I mean, all of them. I like them. I think all mm-hmm. of them. I prefer to just have a backing track or an acapella or both, like preferably. But all of the mixes too. I'd enjoy listening. Yeah. to. Yeah. It's not one that I would listen to and go, oh, I, I'm having a bad time. <laughs> I really enjoy all of them. Um, it's about time. For some reason, oh, I really like because the yeah. sort of the ahs yeah, and the original are, were really buried and. Just hearing, hearing how powerful they are, it makes me sort of wish they fully remixed this song. Because there's, there's also the there's also yeah. the extra like pounding drums in the intro that you yeah. can't rehear in the original one. Exactly. I remember when I was playing through it, I was like, "Whoa, that's cool!" Yeah. Oh, and the bridge but, too. Yeah. They didn't like mute every instrument like the original mix does. You could hear like the, yeah. the drums still going a bit. Yeah, and the, you hear Brian so much in the backing vocals as well for this thing. He's like yelling, and it's great. I love, I love whenever Brian's involved in something on a Dennis song because he's sort of in and out so often. Um, all I want to do, tracking backing vocals thing, sounds amazing. Oh, I like, I, I keep playing that thing. Like, to, when it gets towards the end, every single time, it's like, oh my god, how did they like people make this? <laughs> like with microphones, it's right. Yeah, it's that that thing's really incredible. And again, it's the, the session intro. I, I love all, all the sessions. Yeah, it's oh, me too. I wish there was so much more. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. agreed. Yeah. Um, but that's so cool to hear, hearing it in that alternate context before it's had all the processing, etc. Exactly. Because yeah. it really opens up the idea of it. But I want to hear the song itself, obviously, in that dreamlike state. Yeah. So yeah, this is a this is a nice compliment. I'm like completely okay with that approach even though i would like to hear the backing track like without all the vocals over the top of it because there's a lot going on in there that's quite obscure like the sort of electric sitar and sort of thing um yeah it's an unusual track in the first place that really doesn't get much attention or people talking about it which like it was carl producing like a gold star big wrecking crew track essentially like playing keyboards for the first time and uh, then brian got involved with the vocals later and it's just like an unusual situation for a thing to be made in that's never really gets talked about. And it's like an electric sitar for the only time on a Beach Boys track. And yeah, it has so much in common with like Field Flows and Long Promise Road and the way it's put together. Um, but like two years earlier than them, it's just a, yeah, this thing's just a very interesting, unique piece of Beach Boys history that never really gets talked about apart from Mike talking about the message of the song, I guess, because Mike's like adopted it now. Is his own thing, and it is one of his best vocals. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 new mix of "Cool Cool Water" is obviously a a bit of a twist, I suppose. Um, I mean, I like that the vocal is a bit more. Obviously, it's got the double water chant, which is variable in opinion, I suppose. But I don't know why the way it's, I don't get that. Yeah, part. The, 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 I get why it's done, but I also get that it doesn't make sense especially when you're trying to cram so much in here you could save some time by knocking one of them off but i like the way the vocals are mixed a bit more just as a bit like that the live performance yeah it's just an alternate in like it, it doesn't serve any purpose really but it's i don't know it's just a nice little alternate mix of a track that we've got 
exactly. quite a few mixes of. Yeah, the, I think the whole idea of this one was just to flip it around and sort of highlight elements that weren't highlighted in the original mix. Like there's that guitar going through a moog, um, like doing that sort of trippy sort of like splashy sound in the distance, which is there in the original mix if you really squint for it, but it's brought up quite a bit in this one. And just different vocal parts and stuff I highlighted, like you've got all the ooze behind the things that were muted completely in the original mix, but we got to hear via, you know, the Steve Desper study video, which is really great. Um, and yeah, yeah, I'm sort of, I haven't listened to that one very much just because I'm already quite familiar with the, with the way it sounds and I like the original yeah. mix more, but it's a cool look into just different things that are on the tape. And like, Our Sweet Love as well is another cool one where they've taken out the strings and the call back in vocals and basically left it sort of in the way that I think Brian would have left it, which is just like he added his vocals and then dropped the track and then the rest picked up the pieces. Um, so that's quite a, that's becomes more than a tracking back and vocals mix almost. It's like a sort of like yeah. in progress sort of look at where the song was parked, which I like that one. Um, I suppose Two other highlights. I mean, obviously, maybe we heard it, but the slip on through alternate nineteen sixty nine mix, yeah, is 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 great to hear. Um, I love, I love. A, it's got the session intro, which is obviously cool, but hearing it at the original recorded speed and then with yeah, the different mix itself is it's a grittier version of the track. It's much punchier, yeah, yeah. Some different backing um, vocals. Not all of them are different. I think there was some confusion about that. It's just the chorus. I think the rest are pretty much the same. But it's much like, yeah, definitely a punchier mix and doesn't vary certain things. Um, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. I'd love more of these alternate vintage mixes because it shows the work in progress in a way that yeah. nothing else can in my eyes. Yeah, same. There's, um, yeah, there's, one, there's one like that for Forever and there's another one for San Miguel that is still unreleased that I hope you get out there eventually. And Tears point. in the Morning with oh, a completely tears. different oh, cool. lyrics. Yeah, a yeah, couple for Tears. Double track vocal, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my I mean, favorite things on the whole box are are these backing tracks. Yeah, it's just something that I got really into when I first started listening to these, and then that's what I come back to the most. I love it. I love, I love the Deirdre track. Oh yeah, yeah that's, that's that really surprised me with how much I enjoyed it. Like just the horn parts and the flutes and that. So me so too. Good. Yeah, because I'm. Yeah. I feel like I'm not as huge a fan of the song as a lot of other Beach Boys fans are. Yeah, but um, the backing track is really great. Yeah, uh, I kind of wish there were there was more of that because what well, we have we have that song and then we have um, loop de loop, -loop. <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> do we have any other backing tracks on the uh, when, when girls, girls get together? We have a yeah. chunk of it. So yeah. it's just those three, I think. Um, and I wish we had that for everything, you know, like just with no vocals, kind of like yeah. the Pet Sounds box did. I yeah, add to music's one that I really wish was just a backing track instead of, you know, we've already got the Echabella mix, we don't need to hear the, yeah, All I Want to Do did work really well just with the backing vocals, although at times it basically becomes like a full remix, because like they left the lead vocal in the chorus in, and towards the end, like, yeah, there's, there are big stretches of that where it's like, this is just a full remix, why don't you just put Mike back on top of it, but yeah, again, it's so good that I don't mind that one. There's other ones where I'm like, oh, this just, like, I don't really need to hear the backing vocals again. Like San Miguel, there's that whole minute long right. back and track. Oh, yeah, back I agree on that mix. One. Yeah, so you don't really need the, the backing vocals on top of the track as well. Like, you can't really hear anything because it's so boomy. And yeah, I don't know. That was a strange. I'd love a whole, I, I just would, I would love a whole Sunflower and Surf's Up, just the backing tracks. That yeah. would be 
Yeah, Great. that's kind of what I thought we would get um, instead of just having uh, Deirdre out of all of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, if, if they're still going to put some attention into this era and any future releases, I would love to just hear full backing tracks and acapella tracks like the Pet Sounds box. Mm. Yeah, the way it should agreed. be done, but if, if you have yeah. the space for it, I think. Um, Loop de Loop, yeah. the backing track, is incredible. I love, I've been listening to this thing so mm-hmm. much. Um, so, so many layers to it. Um, it's so well arranged and doesn't feel like sort of over the top while having so many things in it, which surprised me because it's like fully is just outgoing insane, but it really works. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good time. Some of the session for that one, which is nice to hear. You don't hear much of that on this set. Uh, so I like the, this sort of a glimpse of that one. Right, moving along. Let's go on to more songs. Um, wouldn't it be nice to live again? Mm-hmm. Love, I love the mix on this compared with the one on Made in California. It just feels a bit more natural. Yeah. Um, yeah. Breathes a little more. I mean, it does have that, um, the not ad-libbed completely vocal, but the one that loops in after the main song ends is quite loud in the mix compared to the rest of it. Mm. Um, but apart from that, I, I bet this is definitely a highlight. Um, I find it amusing how they sequenced it as kind of the end of the alternate Surf's Up album on here. Oh yeah, you're right. Dennis getting his wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I really like um, hearing the full thing um, with all the all the flutes and all the vocals coming in and out. I don't think that's how they would have done it back in the day had it been on Surf's Up, but it's really cool to hear. Yeah, I'm kind of confused about why Carl's stuff in like the fade out fade out was muted. Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah a lot it's, of stuff was muted, huh? Mm. The synth and everything. Yeah, yeah, I I love this song. But I mean, otherwise, yeah, great otherwise, song. Mix. Yeah. I wish this was on Surf's Up instead of another track. <laughs> <laughs> but well, it, it is what it is. Did I die? Yeah, please get that out of there. Yeah, yeah we don't know why until I yep. die, hater. Plays <laughs> off the shit. It doesn't belong on that album. <laughs> While we're to, obviously we've moved to, wouldn't it be nice to live again? But obviously, there's the surfs up bits before that. Um, I suppose it's worth highlighting that the two owl tracks on here. Obviously, we get different mm. vocals for. Oh which yeah, I, I I really like that's I I love that sort of thing, um, and I think those mixes on those two tracks are really cool to hear. Yeah, it's a real trade. Oh well, three because also don't go near the water. Um, oh, has yeah, that comes vocal. later on. Oh, does it? Oh yeah, that's on disc that, five. That's what the stars and bonus disc. Um, ah. and that one is yeah, but that one is uh, we'll get there in a sec. Yeah, take a load off your feet. I, I like the way the bridge has that line that's al- almost spoken. Yeah. yeah. And then sung. I think that's a really neat alternative way of interpreting it. It's fun. Yeah, that one's pretty much like a full remix just with some different lead vocals. And you can tell it was, I mean, I also that Brian helped out with the melody of that song. And you can actually hear like practically where that is. It's just like the jump in the middle of the yeah. verse is what Brian came up with. And I'm guessing he probably had something to do with the bridge as well because he sings it. In both versions, he sings uh, the other one with, like, the release version, he's doing it with Al in unison and just on his own here. So I guess that's probably where Brian had some, like, um, impact. Um, and it sounds like, yeah, just reveals, like, more of the organ and stuff and, and the fade. It's a good mix. 
Yeah, all right. Um, I just got my pay. Another glimpse into Brian Wilson's. I life. love this song. It's so, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Because, yeah. I mean, it's it's a complete utter un- unknowingness to the concept being sung about. <laughs> uh, sort of like getting hungry. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just just a working man, just blue collar, you know. Yeah, but you know what I think it's about? I think it's I I mean, I think the Radio Radish was up and running by this time, like by the middle of nineteen sixty nine. So I think it's in some way I mean I might be wrong, it could be it could have been set up later or something and so this could be like just yeah. nonsense. But yeah, I I think this is kind of about Brian's experience at the Radish, like working at the shop and trying to be like a normal guy <laughs> it's another thing like um games do can play um i think that's sort of what i think the song was going for but it is again it is someone singing with like no knowledge of the thing that they're singing about um, right and it's just such a goofy you know there's like the sort of the kick drum thing with like the the, the work working man chant type thing and then he goes through all the different sections and obviously it took some from Took some of the melody from Noble Surfer, which became all dressed up for school, but became um, mm-hmm. became this, and some of this became Marcella, and it's like a big chain of stuff. Um, yeah, it's a fun song. I love in the the bit after the alarm clock break when there's the little clap and the woo in the background just after the first. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I love that. Oh, that's that's the best part. I think yeah, and the other thing about this song as well is there are actually horns on the song that everyone seems to forget about because it's such like a straightforward rock and roll type thing. But, yeah, there are like muted trumpets and there's a French horn and it's it's like such an unnecessary thing to put on this song. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I love I love pretty much everything about this song. I I'm not a fan of how like like the, the kick drum is like fully compressed, like an EDM kick drum sort of thing in this mix. But I I can live with it, I guess. It it is pretty hard hitting on this one, yeah. but. Uh, I mean, the fact it, the fact it's kicking away just kind of, I just go, uh, it's like it's kicking away either way. It's just kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Is this, uh, this is one of the ones that was almost on Sunflower, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. The original 1970 mix of this one again is sort of my go-to, but I think this mix is also fine. All right, walking. Walking. Um, well, this one is from the 2020 era, but they pulled it back out and Brian did a vocal on it. Or half a vocal. He didn't want to sing it. Yeah. He didn't want to sing it. <laughs> so he can't sing it. <laughs> yeah, so this mix is pretty pretty sound. I think it's pretty much an identical mix to the 2018 one as well, but it's got like Brian saying he doesn't want to sing it in the intro with some uh, unusual echo. Um, and then, you know, it's got Carl's count in at the start. But yeah, I think this is basically like an attempt, uh, an owl attempt at re- reviving one of those things that Brian abandoned from the year earlier so he wrote like these lyrics about an old lady's electric car that sound very Al Jardine and Brian took like one swing at it and was like nope <laughs> so that's what we've got I, I guess kind of like Stale playing song and loop to loop kind of yeah it's exactly that sort of thing again but he did manage to get Brian to at least try this one uh, <laughs> Brian went nowhere nowhere near loop to loop in the studio what happened to the car in the end I want to know I feel I like know one of these days a Beach Boys fan has got to just I sit know. down and write the rest of the song. It's only missing like a verse and a half. We could figure it out. But I'm so convinced that like 
the punchline at the end is the car's going to break break home and he's going to have to walk home. So the car's going to break down and he's going to have to walk home and that's why it's called walking. I think that's probably why <laughs> the way the song is going to end. Um, it's my head cannon, but we'll never know. It's locked inside Al Jardine's brain. <laughs> okay. Um, Alright, awake. We got the piano demo that has been bootlegged for so long. I like this track a lot. I think it's the bootlegged or whatever version sounds better. <laughs> yeah, but, me too. You know, I, I like it a lot. It's yeah. cool. I love hearing... I, I know a lot of people don't like it, but I love hearing Brian stacked like that. Um, oh, I don't know this song, but <laughs> it is what it yeah. is. It's very... I like hearing vocal. the... Uh, I like hearing the little chatter in the beginning. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's always great. I wish there was more of that. Just hearing Brian talking about the music he's making. Um, yeah, it is mixed a little weird. It's got, I think there's three different vocals that Brian did on it, and they're like all panned dead center instead of being spread out like they were before. Yeah, that's the issue I have with yeah. it, really. And then mm. like the piano's off to the left or something, so it's just kind of not balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, there's a clip from this in the Long Promised Road movie where Brian's like, they didn't use the double and triple vocal. This is just Brian single tracked, and it sounds much better than this thing. And I, I guess that would be kind of a creative liberty to take, like they did with Sweet and Bitter and stuff. But I sort of wish they just did that instead of yeah. the way it is here with like all three vocals going all at once, sorry, like the entire song. Because I just don't think it sounds good. But you know, Fred likes it, so other yeah. people might like it too. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I, I haven't heard that bit. With where it's a single track, so um, maybe when I do eventually hear that, I'll go, Ah, yeah, I see. there you go. So. Um, some of these alternate mixes for um, surfs up, um, god, Bless I mean, we discussed the owl stuff, but most of it to me is kind of just, yeah, I, as it is. Really. I've enjoyed um, these ones less than the, than the sunflower alternate mixes, I think, um, but yeah, still cool stuff in here um day in the life of a tree that one's really good because that brings yeah, out like cool it sounds so much bigger than the original mix and it brings out like the, this acoustic guitar that was buried you can just hear it like barely at the right of the original um and this is yeah that's one where i'm just like oh just put the lead vocal on it like a lot of these like long promise road through all, like the tracking back and vocals mix and stuff i just wish they just put like a lead vocal on this thing that is basically like a full remix missing one thing um because it does sound good and yeah obviously till i die with the alternate lyrics but it's the long version with that jarring edit from oh. the first half to the second half as it always has been what do you think about um, this one because i think this mix sounds terrible <laughs> that till i die thing i mean when the vocals comes in when the vocals come in it's so thin set it sounds so papery yeah um yeah. the actually the bit up to that I mean, I, I mean, I, I've, I've never been a fan of the, exactly the way the long version was handled, but here it, it sounds more brittle than before. Well, it's a complete um, remix trying to recreate that like Desperate 1971 mix of the, of the sort of slow instrumental buildup, but like yeah. so much like the bass is like compressed into absolute like oblivion, oh, yeah, yeah. and there's like strange spring reverb on the bass and the and the drum machine, which just seems like a baffling creative idea to me. Um, 
Oh yeah, and there's all the lyrics on this one as well, which I, I'm not really paying attention to, but because I've already heard. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah. you know, there it is finally. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. It's so brief. It's obviously I'm glad that they put that alternate thing out, but I didn't need to have the long version on here. Um, mm. They could have squeezed no, it and neither. saved something yeah, else. I would have preferred just like some of the session of Till I Die or just a backing track. You know? Yeah. Well. It feels like a compromise because I'm sure they wanted to include the long version because it's so legendary and everyone talks about it. And they also wanted to include the alternate lyrics because that's such a big part of the story of this song. Yeah. So they just kind of went with both at the same time. Mm. I just think, I think that was the rationale yeah. there. Yeah, I just think of all the mixes on the set, this is the one that I just don't think is mixed in a way that sounds good. Like if others have got problems with like edits or some compression or whatever, I think this thing, just the effects on it sounds like bad. And the Surf's Up remix as well, I just don't like yeah, the way that sounds insane. either. And like Brian's vocal is way too loud and it's very out of sync and it's very compressed and yeah, I just, I'm not going to listen to that one again, I, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's all I've yeah, got to say on that Surf's Up mix as well. It's just, I, I, I'm glad to have a remix with the like the Moog bass and the extra vocals in, but it's just a shame that it, I would have preferred, obviously, they just done one with Carl's vocal in there mm. and not edited out Brian's breathing in the second half. Oh, yeah, that that's, sounds really strange. I don't know what the anti-breathing thing is. Like, it's anti-being alive, <laughs> you know. Uh, they did that with Where Is She as well. I think it sounds awful, but... Well, I mean, there are good ways to cut out breathing if you really want to, but the way they do it just like just, just clicks everywhere and there's like noticeable volume drops and it's just yeah. not handled very well in my opinion. Some Machiavelli mixes here though, like Don't Go Near the Water and Long Forest Road, I really enjoy those. Until um, I yeah. Die I think sounds really good, Surf's Up, again it's got the compression problem thing because I'm so used to hearing that song, hearing Brian's vocal in the second half like every phrase is the same volume and it sounds really unnatural and kind of robotic i just you know wish that was less kind of aggressively done there's no need to but like extra compression on brian's voice there but yeah it's uh, good to hear like the bass vocal and the tag a little bit more than before though yeah shall we move on to the bonus disc yeah and obviously move yeah, stuff in within there yeah and we can save like just a big dennis round at the end i guess Big poop okay. at the end. Big poop. So should we go through the <laughs> should we go through the non-Dennis stuff first? Mm. Yeah, that's the bo- that's the next box. Big poop. <laughs> there we go. Big Dennis Wilson that's sessions. The, of... That's the record store day release. <laughs> <laughs> this whole world will turn ending. Yeah. This I mean, is nice. This is... Yeah, this is the one that they did in uh, '71, I think, for. Uh, commercial and this is uh, a Bruce arranged thing that's him and Carl and Mike I think doing all the vocals so this isn't like something that Brian did and didn't use this is like way later down the road yeah they put this thing for it was uh, Eastern Airlines like the commercial yeah commercial like thing um, yeah that's pretty cool it's basically like a full order mix as well because they used the different lead vocals that when, when in like the final mix of the actual track, obviously, like Brian and the Bridge, different call vocal, um, and it's just a fun thing. This is one of my favorite things on here. It sounds good. It's well done. It's really nice to hear that ending. Um, it's pretty. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll turn to add some music. Um, 
These lyrics. And I was going to say, is this the same? I, I haven't actually compared. Is it the same mix as the boosted version it or is. not? It's still got the yes. tanning. Yeah. It is. This is like. Oh, it is the vintage mix. This is a 1969 mix, which, like, they tagged the nice. slip on through thing as a 69 mix, but not this one for some reason. Yeah, this is from 1969. It's original. It's an original mix of the song from back then. Yeah, which, so I knew it still had the the panned vocals, and I was like, "Oh, I want." Yeah, and this thing, it sounds to me like it's kind of been remastered in the same way that the Sunflower album has, like which sounds completely different to the rest of the set, like very harsh, like bass and treble stuff. And I've already yeah. heard this one um, a thousand times before, yeah. so I was, it was nice to have it officially released finally. But it, this is for some reason has kind of the same problem as the Sunflower remaster, the way that it sounds. The don't go near the water one we touched on before. Oh, it's hilarious. Obviously. It. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I mean, it turns into like an alternate track and backing vocals and some lead vocals mix after the first sort of verses. But yeah, that owl vocal, especially when he, the, the raccoon vocal part. <laughs> it gets so lovely. It's... It just sounds like a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know uh, what he was thinking with that one. It sounds just, just like weird. a scratch thing for fun. Like it's not taken seriously but um, yeah, yeah. The, the line i think that it killed my dad is like the funniest <laughs> twist in a beach boy song ever i think <laughs> all right the surfs up remake track oh yeah Brian wilson vocal this is one of the coolest things i think on the box too like something that we talked about a lot before we were able to hear it yeah and um we were just a a little bit too early we could have included this we'll have to we'll have to make the special edition surfs up episode now <laughs> it's already long as hell and now it's going to add another 10 minutes to it but yeah that all <laughs> yeah but yeah love this i wish it i, I want to i just want the track by itself too because it's yeah. such a cool track it's such an eerie sound to it it does it's you can tell that the musicians were having trouble keeping up with Brian's piano demo, which they were recording over because when he comes back in the second verse, everyone kind of oh, <laughs> takes yeah, a yeah. second to come back in, right? And it's just kind of a yeah. mess for a split second, but it is really cool to are hear. There element, are there elements from the original Smile track in no. there? Or is it no, just it's, people? It's, no, um, it, it almost sounded like, like but it's obviously yeah, just trying to replicate it. Yeah, it's... it's um, Pretty much, they couldn't sync Brian's vocal, which was just recorded to oh, a piano yeah. track, to that track, and yeah. they couldn't get him to sing it in '71. So Carl pretty much copied the arrangement and um, produced with this. A, had yeah, the guys with a lot of um, as well. It's like quite a rare thing for that era. Like a lot of Wrecking Crew guys that Brian worked with yeah. in the middle of the '60s. That um, yeah, I think that's what threw yeah. me because it obviously, yeah, it's not. It's clearly not Beach Boys doing it. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's amazing the links they went to to make this happen. Yeah, just get and Brian to work. sing a song because he wouldn't like it. That's it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, so so amazingly weird, and just such a cool piece of Beach Boys history. Mm. I'm glad we have. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and Sofalon's Old Man Sunshine is up next. Oh yeah, this one has My, completely different it, vocals. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean the intro is annoying because it's just copied from the chorus. Yeah, isn't it? well, it's like a mini acapella fragment, so I can I can live with it. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. dig that. Um, I think it's more as part of like having a version of the song on the vinyl set is where I find is it would have been nice I think to have the more complete version there, but that's 
a whole nother kettle of fish mm. anyway. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's great to hear it with another vocal. That, I was really excited to hear that, yeah. actually. And the track is, yeah, very differently mixed. Yeah, there's like a it's stereo. There's a, um, like a six-string bass and some fuzz guitar and stuff in there that was dropped from the sort of original mixes, rough mixes that were spliced together to create like the edit that was released before this. Um, and there's a whole complicated history of like why these vocals are here and why the other vocals in that mix like aren't on this one and what tapes are missing and aren't missing and I could explain all that but that'd be kind of boring so we'll just leave it at this is a completely different set of backing vocals with no Brian um, being involved in this one it's just Rick Hen and like Bruce and Al and Carl and Mike and those backing vocals were sort of left incomplete and then they sound kind of janky but it's just interesting to hear the song at a very different sort of stage of production um, and it's sure. more of a sort of dry um, punchy at rock and roll sort of mix and like sort of burying the jazz is the way I think it was approached. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of this thing. Yeah, band have a actual turn it. Okay, I'm going your way. Alternate mix to what normal mix? <laughs> yeah, they put this out in 2019 with alternate lead vocal, and then they're calling yeah. this alternate mix. I just I wish there was more consistency in the what they call these things. Yeah, it's confusing. Yep. At the very least, at least it's just labeling. It's not audio content. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Whatever. So technically, but... the one that they released beforehand was like the later version. Well, this is is like a scratch vocal. It was it was actually labeled like test vocal or something. And uh, Dennis singing it in a higher key. How was playing a tambourine at the same time as the vocal, which is why that's not on the other mix of the song. Then later he like dubbed it down and slowed it down a bit and did like a proper double track lead vocal. And that's what was released last year. I mean, sorry, two years ago. So that's why the differences in, in the track exist and why there's no tambourine on that one and stuff and which one came first. All right. Where is she? 2019 mix. This mix is very weird. It is weird. Why? Why? <laughs> why do we need this? <laughs> I don't know. They just, it, it they just like can't just leave something alone. They're just like, no, it has to be new. Like, yeah, just put it yeah. out again. It's fine. Like it was what fine they did before. with the uh, the backing vocals, they took backing vocals from oh. different parts of the song and put them where they weren't originally. And some of them are like really not lined up well. I think it's only on the five disc and it's not on the vinyl. But um, yeah, the vinyl doesn't have the extra mm. backing vocals. Weirdly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they um, they move stuff but, around on the on the big box version, and um, yeah, and the way it's done is like really poor edits. It's out of time, like it cuts in, it sort of clips in, it undercuts the actual lyrics of the song and that part of the song. It's like over the wrong chords. It's just a mess. It's I'm not yeah. And then they do that thing with the lead vocal as well, where like they mute Brian's breathing between lines, like with the sort of clipped edit. Mm -hmm. I think this mix is bad, and the the one I made of, yeah. made in California was pretty good, so. Yeah. Yeah. This was like the coolest thing on Made in California mm -hmm. to me. I loved this when it came out and I'm still still love this, but I don't yeah. need this version to exist. So such a such a cool moving little song. on. Yeah. Yeah, love the song. Wish wish it was you know, wish it was finished. Um but yeah, I I, I understand why it wouldn't be. Okay, Carnival. Yeah. 
over the waves. It's pretty much the same. <laughs> I haven't compared it, but it sounds like it's the same mix that came out the other year, but you know, this one's edited down, mm -hmm. probably for disk space. Um, so we don't really need this one, uh, but it sounds fine, you know. It scares me. <laughs> it's very, very weird. Yeah. From from the brain of Al Jardine. Uh, yeah. 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 It's got a produced by Brian Wilson credit in the box, but that's incorrect. Yeah, yeah I was like, Al and Dennis are the, the Beach Boys who put this thing together pretty much. I don't know if they had help for anybody else, mm. but they're the, ones, they're the only ones singing on it. Just a big stack of Brian and, sorry, a big stack of Al and Dennis, which is kind of an unusual combo. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, this thing had like an original mix in 1970. It was originally like tagged onto the end of Take a Load Off Your Feet in a medley, like on the original Sunflower album. And that original mix is like a minute long and it sounds just unhinged. It's fantastic. It's like Steve Desper just the strangest stereo sounds you'll ever encounter. And like, I think he explained in the study video that like the acetate you're listening right to right now was only made because he wanted to inspect the vinyl grooves to make sure Carnival wouldn't like shatter the record. <laughs> it was that kind of out there. And apparently it was rejected from the album because it made people at the record company feel ill. So yeah, that's the history of that. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Um, it's natural. One of my favorite things on this box. So good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a hot take, but it feels no, like it was, uh, I mean, I it's this. one of the one of the few completely new things that none of us had heard at all. Yeah, maybe that's part of yeah, it. Yeah, apart from like a one sentence mention in Don Goldberg's autobiography that came out the other year. Like this is the first time we'd ever, ever even knew the song existed um and a shame there's no more context for it in the liner notes uh but it's, a, it's yeah i was gonna ask you guys like what is well, this well we don't know <laughs> it's a song by david sandler that brian produced with david sandler for the beach boys sometime in 71 don't know if this mm -hmm. is like before surf's up or after surf's up or for like so tough or whatever i have no idea when this thing is actually from or like mm. how it came about but yeah and then mike put down like an incomplete vocal on the first verse and just left it which is a shame because i think this is a really really cool song with an amazing yeah. chord progression love it yeah the instrumentation is really cool too it's yeah. got like yeah the part where it kind of slows down i don't know what the vocals would have been like but the it just sounds so good the backing track Mm, I love it. Yeah, I think I think David Sandler played like most of the instruments on this himself, but the production itself is like kind of somewhere between the Spring album and Love You, just with like the the choice of things that are on there, like the organ, the tack piano, synthesizers, like the big snare drum. Mm. I I'd love a finished version of the song, just like get Taylor Hawkins or whatever. I don't know <laughs> who, who are the guys. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I want to hear the rest of the melody because it yeah it's a really great piece of music. Let's definitely talk about uh, the uh, won't you tell me? Oh yeah, because that was kind of yep. for sure. Because I love Half that. I was on the same tape. I think the one when you tell mm -hmm. me demo was maybe my favorite thing on the whole box. Ah, uh, so good. Yeah. This was, so that, that, I mean, yeah. yeah. Won't you tell me? Demo was the highlight for me. It's my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. Completely new to me. Uh, Don Goldberg described this in his book, and he described it a little more to me, but I couldn't really figure out what he was talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm -hmm. He kept calling it a Murray song that Brian was playing, and this was only credited to Murray before, but Brian says in the book that he wrote it. And so it's it's kind of credited as a co-write, which it probably was. 
but that was new to me as well. Yeah, apparently this the fold this is like a 10 minute long thing. I'd love to hear more of what's on this reel, but it was apparently kind of like a writing mm -hmm. session. Like the impression you mm -hmm. sort of get of it is like maybe these are like Brian's chords with Murray putting the lyrics and the melody to it. Like the melody just, the melody doesn't sound very Brian, but the chords do. And it sort of makes sense with with the stuff that he's saying on the tape, but I'd love to get more context of what how this thing came together. Um and the, the the words won't you tell me aren't even in this version. It's like it, the song isn't even called that yet. Yeah, completely different. Yeah, better lyrics and a better melody as well. I think. I love hearing um, Murray say the most stereotypical Murray thing in it as well. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Glad. And I love hearing Brian Brian's just cackle. laughing so hard. That <laughs> 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 yeah, cackle is the right word. What, what surprised me about this one is how good the vocal is as well, because what you hear from Brian in this era is a lot of kind of stuff like Awake, where it's kind of very thin and mm -hmm. he's got kind of the elf voice going on. This is like a full sort of like mid-60s Brian just going for it. And it's like a flawless vocal and it, it sounds like fantastic. Yeah, he's got a little bit of that gruffness coming in yeah. on the lower register, yeah. which is nice. And then it still like feels sweet, you know? Mm. It's, it's a yeah. nice blend of those. You don't get a lot of you know, those transitional fossils, you know what I mean? Like the Brian yeah. Wilson era of things where it's like, oh, wait, he's the same person. You know, we've talked right. about that where it's like, yeah. <laughs> there's these specific moments where Brian just sounds like two or three different versions of Brian. And it's like, oh my God, it's just kind of jarring almost. So this is one of those cool recordings where it's like between those two eras. Yeah, because sometimes I just put my phone on shuffle and then I'll hear Surf's Up and then Solar System and then Love and Mercy and I have to like remind myself mm -hmm. that this is all one person. It's insane. Um, some of this, like when he gets up to, up in that higher register, it gets kind of whispery. Almost sounds a bit mm -hmm. like that 1975 version of In the Back of My Mind, which is another yeah, kind of transitional. Yeah, the same thing, like on the sort of slight yeah. falsetto on the... Because um, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't like belt those high notes he just kind of gets soft and just yep. to, i guess to knock it shrill i guess when he gets up there yeah but it's it's great because it's basically you singing a song like you would sing something on like pet sounds but he's got that slightly thinner voice that he had by the early 70s mm -hmm. um just a really interesting kind of artifact because he, he didn't really sing many things sort of as didn't go for things the same way very often like breakaway is another one where it's sort of a similar thing where it's he's singing like in his own style his old style um but it's like the aged voice. So, yeah. Then the proper version that we've heard before, but this is a new mix. Um, I like it. What I don't like about it is Brian's vocal, Brian and Carl's vocal is all chopped up and they've like edited every couple of seconds. Yeah. And there's a lot of clicks and there's a lot of times where it just drops out in the middle of a syllable yeah um, there's been some really i think misguided attempt to like fix a vocal that was sort of behind the beat like they were singing it like the rhythm wasn't very tight so this has kind of been chopped up to make the rhythm tighter i guess but there are some really bad edits throughout like where a word is cut off in the middle and it skips forward like sort of half a second before it's picked up and it's a shame because this didn't need to be touched at all i don't think and then otherwise mm -hmm. the mix is good and it sounds really good and it's a good song and Brian's singing great and Carl is helping out Brian. It sounds basically like a Brian vocal, but Carl is sort of in the background um, further away from the microphone making it stronger. Um, so I've got mixed feelings about the way that came together. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, 
I, I think the track does sound good. I've, I mean, you say Brian sounds good. I've always thought, the, and even here, I thought the vocal sounded unfinished. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it's, it just felt like it didn't have a proper Brian and Carl vocal on it. Um, and it, I mean, obviously it was a bit behind on the original, but this still just doesn't feel, obviously there's issues with, with it anyway, but it just doesn't feel complete to me. I can see why what why you could view it as that. Um but yeah, I'm, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a, it's a strange sounding track. It just anyway in this period does stick out randomly for obvious reasons. So um I think it's partially that. But I mean obviously great that it's been released finally mm-hmm. and there's obviously a lot of cool things to hear in it anyway. So um I'm not complaining in that regard. Yeah. I think I think it's it's a cool song and it's a cool track. I just I kind of agree. I, I don't think it's a great vocal by Brian. I think the he just is losing his command a little bit by this point. Yeah, it's yeah. just kind of I, I feel like it, it does feel like compared, a, a placeholder. Compared to the demo, it's yeah. much looser vocal. Yeah, it is. It's like a kind of a sloppy vocal on what's a really it it the vocal doesn't fit the track, like the style of singing he's doing, I feel yeah. like mm-hmm. Yeah. If he just did a more straight performance on top of this very precise track, it would have been a little better. Or, mm, or if he just went and produced the track well. himself. Yeah, yeah, the unison thing's a bit strange as well. Like, because it sounds almost like a double Brian, but it's just Carl sort of subtly in the background. Like, if it was just Brian and then Brian doubled, it would mm-hmm. sound tighter. Yeah. Okay, let's move along here. Yeah. Back home, the different things. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. So I love I love the demo. That, uh, well, I know it's not a demo, yeah. but I love what is tagged as yeah, the demo. That's, that's the unusual um, thing. It's called a demo in here, but it's actually kind of a remake. Like if the one with Mike singing leaders version two, which you know the different mix with our vocal, um, the the piano one is version three. Um, it was kind of a sort of scrapped second attempt at the song, and then they just went back to the track that they recorded in late '69. So it's not a demo, it should be like after that one, but I guess it just isn't convenient to call it a demo. Yeah, I think that piano version is so pretty. I wish they did get a a final take on it. You can hear that they're still just working on how to do it, and they ultimately just scrap it, but... Hmm. The piano track itself is really pretty. Oh yeah, it's really nice, and yeah. uh, like to hear Brian and Al singing together as well. Oh, really cool. Yeah, yeah. They did. They did Lovely. another one as well. This is another one of those things that's unreleased. There is, like, I think you'd call it version four of Back Home, which recorded in um, August 1970, along with Helpers on the Way and Big Sir Until I Die and all those tracks. They left a sort of very unfinished backing track for another Back Home remake. Then that I haven't heard and none of us have heard. But that could be another thing that would be on like a sort of copyright release. So the one of fifteen big ones is like version five of Back Home. They just wouldn't stop doing that song. <laughs> yeah, and then we've got um, the Mike Love vocal. Yeah, about mail. Mm-hmm. Stupid song about a letter, which can only have come from Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I think this definitely came before the Al vocal because all the back all the backing vocals are like modeled around the Al concept of the song, um, and they like looped the words back home in the bridge for this one to make it fit behind what Mike was singing. It's kind of jarring, but I, I can get away with that, I guess. Um, so yeah, I sort of, I'm under the impression that, I mean, I could be wrong, but it sounds like Brian 
wrote these lyrics and had Mike sing it, and then Al sort of wanted to take it in a different direction, and then that's when like the sort of change melody and the new words came about. Yeah, I, that sounds likely. And this this Mike version is him singing the original melody from '63, so yeah, it's probably the one that came first. I was gonna say an observation about the mix itself is that like the Al vocal one on Made in California, it's weirdly like the vocal that not just it's got the echo on it but it's got the, the weird EQ makes it sound weirdly foghorny and it's weird that it's just on those two mixes of hmm. this one track but not on anything else that they've mixed from this era it's really weird um, but yeah I don't know it's just a, a gentle observation that's always made it sound out of place to me what's next till I die demo I think yeah <laughs> I mean, it's what it says on the tin, really. Was well, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure as Brian playing till I die. Well, there's like a it's it's slightly different, right? There's like a couple chords that are yeah, it, some different. Yeah, different, he but... he lingers on some chords for a couple mm -hmm. more measures, like right before I lost my way or whatever. He's he's on that chord for a yeah, long yeah. old time. Yeah, and, do and we know the what transition this was into for? the tag? Um, what do you mean? Like what? What was he like? He didn't usually record just like piano demos of stuff. Like I know was it's this quite interesting for a reason, or was was it just sort of? Well, was, we don't really have any more info on it during the sunflower sessions. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. It might be a thing like "Don't Talk," where it was like a, a song was kind of so important to him, where he just wanted to get like some version of it down to hear it back. Um, I don't know because maybe you could, maybe you would have like overdubbed this and turned it into like a full track if you liked it, but then he doesn't really play the tag all the way through. So yeah, he just stops as yeah, soon he just, as he gets there. Yeah, he just stops. It's unusual. He didn't use, usually do things like this, but it might just be a marker of like how kind of important the song was that he did do it. And I don't know. It's quite cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it could just be that he was tracking a piano track to overdub and then just didn't get a final take and he was yeah, going to do more like, and then decided just not like to. Just like Where Is She? Where Is She? Kind of was yeah, pretty much yeah. exactly the same same as this, um, the basic track before he put stuff on it but yeah right. it's um i think it's just the when it was done is the most interesting thing about this like the fact that it was in the middle of the sunflower sessions it's on like a tape reel with when girls get together and our sweet love like it's so far uh -huh. apart from those songs and the fact that he was like one minute he's like i just got my pay and the next minute he's like till i die it's just it's it's such a fascinating thing that it, the song was around that early and obviously someone in the band um, well, obviously Mike, but I think Al actually <laughs> wasn't too keen on it at first as well. Uh, had a sort of negative reaction to how morbid it was, and it really depressed Brian, and he put it away for almost a year. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then obviously there was some controversy around it, so maybe he was just tracking this for himself. Hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting artifact, and I don't think there's much more we can really say about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, what else shall we talk about? Slip on through. Mm. We don't really need okay. to talk about. I mean, it already came no. out two years ago. Yeah, so this is Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's, it's yeah, awesome. yeah. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. <laughs> I mean that that thing. It's Bruce on like sort of invisible piano, Daryl on bass, Dennis Dragon on drums, sure. and Alan guitar. I think the only interesting, I mean, the most interesting thing about this is Al's guitar, which was like completely replaced on the final track, I think kills the track by getting rid of that guitar, which is like the whole driving rhythm of the thing. Um, 
it's got a much better feel than the actual final song and you get to hear a back track mix af afterwards which has the same like insane loud drums um, but I guess it's kind of nice to have that's one of the few backing tracks in the whole set um, I just kind of like hearing the session for Susie because it's rare to hear Al be like the main guitarist in the group yeah he's yeah. always been either a bass player or a rhythm guitar so it's cool to hear him being the only guy playing licks here and there um, but otherwise it's a pretty cool track mm. yeah um, okay what's next what else oh god um, you never give me your money which is an offshoot of the same day Sizzy was recorded and good time as well um, I think basically this exists because Brian wanted to test out like that Leslie clavinet sound, so Bruce just went and recorded this thing. Because it was Bruce playing the clavinet, it must be him playing this. It's like his keyboardness all over it, and it's a really cool arrangement of the of the song. It's good, would have been cool if they just did an actual cover of it. Um, yeah, I like it a lot. Cool yeah, this sound. is uh, this is the second instance of Bruce rearranging a Beatles song, isn't it? Yeah. I oh, never yeah, thought about yeah. that. Because there's also with a little help from my friends. Okay, and then we've got the uh, Happy Birthday Brian track <laughs> on here, which is an actual recording from Birthday Party for Brian. Yeah, 20th of June, 1971. Same day the 4th of July vocal was done, and I think the same day the guy from Rolling Stone came and visited and wrote about all the weird stuff that he saw at the house that day. Um, that's quite cool yeah I love that yeah. it's a fun little snapshot then like a vaudeville god only knows yeah the uh, the best part is when someone asks Brian how he feels and he, Brian just says hungry <laughs> that's by far <laughs> one of my favorite moments on the box actually I just love hearing that yeah I'm glad yeah. this thing's on some people were like oh well why isn't this thing on there if we've got like happy medley happy birthday brian god only knows but i love that thing it's, yeah. it's so fun this is the yeah, sort of thing that more I like of that. Hearing. yeah me too sure. yeah, it's like I, I love hearing them talk in the home studio and, and work yeah. out tracks and session sure. stuff because it's just it's an era where you don't really get that you know there's so many bootlegs from the 64 65 and such and you don't really get to hear the beach boys talk and hang out in um yeah. You know, when they had a studio in Brian's house, and that's, I feel like there should be more of that. Yeah, there's like as much of that exists, but we've, we've heard so little of it. So, you know, it's just good when we get these moments. Um, and bef before we talk about like the Carl and the Passion stuff that's on the end, should we go back and do the big poop? <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the big poop. Yeah, let's continue the discussion on the Patreon page. Patreon.com slash sale on. We'll work through all these Dennis Wilson goodies because I think we've exhausted our time here with young Fred. But thanks so much, man, for joining us. That's right. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It was nice talking to you. <laughs> Hopefully do it again. Even if it's just for... Do it. Do fancy. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for listening, guys. For John, Will, and Fred, this is Wyatt. Sail on, sailors. Au revoir. See ya.
Did Wyatt leave? Wyatt's gone. Oh no. <laughs> no. Not now. I, if the host disappears, 